Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. I don't know what strong looks like to you. But what I know is that there is an evil spirit at work in America trying to turn men effeminate. There is a spirit at work in America that is attacking strong men and trying to turn them into weak-willed women. I, wanna, I don't know what it means to be strong to you. As I said earlier, God is going to raise up strong and mighty women who are confident in who God has called them to be. But a word of the hour to the church in Indiana, Ephesians 6.10, not even a prophecy. It's the word of God. Be strong in the Lord. And we don't even have to be strong in the Lord in our own strength. It says in the strength of His might. I love that that Greek word talking about God's strength is a different Greek word than talking about human strength. I'm grateful for whatever strength or resolve I can muster up as a believer. But folks, where we're going, we need supernatural strength and boldness and courage. We need you infused with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God that you start having whoopsies. Have you ever had a whoopsie? Where you have so much conviction and you have so much word down on the inside of you that when you bump up against compromise and you're sitting at a school board meeting and they're about to pass legislation to put demons and principalities down the throat of children, you have a holy whoopsie at the school board meeting where the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and He He's anointed you to preach the good news. He's called you to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom for the captives. Folks, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm serious. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus right now for thinking I'm too radical and not thinking it's radical for a drag queen to walk up into your life local library and you sit silent it is amazing we go oh my god that preacher was radical but you think the drag queen is normal we are calling good evil and evil good we are fighting and arguing and bickering and we are attacking God's church rather than coming underneath the dominion of God's church and saying, hey, I'm here to enlist. Where do I serve? We don't need any more Jezebelic agendas in the church. Hey, I'm here. Where's the microphone? We don't need any more people with a microphone in a church. You need to be quiet and get trained so you can get a microphone in your sphere. 
Folks, in the church, we're fighting for who has this two hours on a Sunday where there's never going to be change in America until you get your microphone at your work, until you find your voice in your home, until you stop giving in to your children and their fleshly desires and you say no in Jesus' name. I'm not giving you money anymore to go watch rated our movies I'm not funding your video game addiction and then when they hit 18 we blame the church that's on you oh there's a holy sobriety I'm glad we took the offering and I literally Paul I can't stand it how well funded darkness and the lukewarm churches. Oh my goodness. There's such a poverty spirit among the truth and among the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would raise up men and women like Joseph and like Daniel. Lord, I'm believing for a massive transference in the last day. Think about how hypocritical we are. We go to the movies. We go on vacation. We spend lavishly on playtime. But when there's a call in our city for revival, when there's an opportunity to sow, it's like we clench up. What in the world? Holy Spirit, help us tonight. Be strong in the Lord. Folks, it's an hour to be strong. To put on the full armor of God. That you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I want you to know that the devil is a schemer. What does it mean to scheme? It means to lie in wait. I want to tell you that the Word of God says that after the temptation of Jesus, after Satan tempted Jesus in every way, the Word of God says he left him for a more opportune time. That's the Greek word kairos, meaning Satan was leaving Jesus to strike at an important transitional moment in his life, probably the Garden of Gethsemane. In a moment of weakness, in a moment of vulnerability, it says in the Word of God in 2 Samuel that when kings in the springtime were sent out to war, David decides to send Joab in the army out and he says it's time for a break. It's time for a vacation. And what do you know? He's out on his roof looking around and surprise, Bathsheba. Folks, I know that it's hard to hear, but Satan doesn't take naps. He doesn't fight fair. He waits for opportune moments to strike. And this is why God is looking for a vigilant, sober people. 
And one of our chief enemies is not just Jezebel. It's tolerating it. It's that religious spirit. It's that wet blanket. Brother, it doesn't take all that. I don't know if you've ever been underneath the burden of God. Feeling his heart for a nation. And you're feeling the disconnect around you. It's part of the prophetic spirit. It's like the church is swimming this way. It's like Israel and Judah are just going along the river. And God raises up a prophetic voice in the nation that sings one octave too high for the natural ear. They rise up and they start swimming the opposite way. God is mantling an end time army in Indiana and in the earth who are not going to go along with status quo. They're going to get gripped with urgency. Their worship is going to be radical. And that religious spirit is going to come with false grace. That religious spirit is going to come and say it doesn't take all that. We can just tell them, brother, you might not understand my dance, but you don't know my deliverance. Folks, if half of us would just serve God as good as we serve the devil, we'd be in a different place. Church has become full of people in their former way of life who radically and lovingly serve the devil to no end, and they somehow get have a bow your head, every eye closed, and I don't even know where we get this stuff from, Mitch. With every head bowed and eye closed. I'm like, you didn't bow your head and close your eyes when you slept with her, did you? You didn't bow your head and close your eyes when you were at the bar, did you? But somehow people with eyes wide open, with intentional carnal desires in their heart, are welcomed into, I'm not even, I don't even believe it's the kingdom of God. By just praying some kind of prayer, buying into behavior modification, and there's never real transformation. Elijah was a wild one from Tekoa. Not a whole lot known about him. But during the days of Ahab and Jezebel, when there was great wickedness and iniquity and sin in the land, God raised up a radical voice that would match the hour of crisis. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some radical, wild, bold... And I even hate to do this, but I don't know what else to do than just point out to you how loud the darkness is in America and how quiet the church is. We should at least be as loud as they can, but I'm telling you, in Christ Jesus, we should be drowning out their cries. You were born for so much more than church attendance. You were born again for so much more than the American dream. 
You were born again for so much more than playing house and believing in the gospel as fire insurance for when you die. You were born again to be trained and equipped and be a part of an end time army. God didn't deliver you off those streets so you can hide in church the rest of your days. God delivered you from those streets so that you could get born again, trained and equipped and go back a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost demon busting. You got delivered from the street so you could one day go back and deliver them from the streets does anybody have a testimony in here does anyone realize we overcome by the blood of the lamb and your good church attendance not I mean I, I'm last Sunday I'm in like middle of nowhere Brazil Montemore home of the largest brothel in the country 7,000 prostitutes live together. Sports players, the government, they all fly in there for like 1,500 a night. And I'm there preaching in this place, obviously foreign country, no air. I mean, and it's just packed. It's like you can't even move. Anybody that's saved in the whole region is coming. And I'm like, Lord, what do I preach? What do you tell a people where the gates of hell have been set up over their region? There's only one thing you can give them. It's not dressing up the church like a club. So your church looks like the world, but yet somehow... I gave them the words of Jesus. I will build my church. And the gates of hell. But folks, maybe the gates of hell are overtaking the American church because we're building and he's not. Maybe the devil is absolutely annihilating your marriage and your family because you're doing it all in your strength and you've bought into an American dream and a false gospel. And tonight it's time to lay it all down and say, Lord, it's time to be strong. It's time to embrace this end time army thing. I'm tired of the peanut gallery. The popcorn and the cracker jacks don't taste that good. I'm ready for the manna. I'm ready for the fresh word from God every day. I'm ready to wake up in my house and get a word from God and go light up the lawyer's office. I'm ready to drive my truck down 465 and get off at the gas station and say, Lord, I'm not leaving this place until I witness to one person. It's about being a mom and taking your stand. And it's about understanding some battles you can't lose. And I don't care care if I have to sit here for three hours I'm here to break your will I didn't say break their spirit I said break their will oh we've got to get a spirit of fight in us God's raising up pioneers I just think we have to re rethink even what we think church is. 
Folks, some of you have gifting and grace and different spheres of influence. Some of you are called as realtors. Some of you are called as doctors. Some of you are called into the marketplace. You can set up church right in that sphere. You can set up the church right in that sphere where two or three are gathered. You can demonstrate the kingdom of God. You can say, Satan, you can go this far, but you're not going any farther. I talk to frustrated folks in the marketplace all the time and just ask them, are you taking authority in prayer? Are you doing a march? Are you fasting a lunch a week? Or are you just settling for human invention? The devil's a schemer. He lies in wait. He looks for opportune moments to strike. Verse 12. For our struggle. Say struggle. Struggle. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. You've you got to hear this. It's not against flesh and blood. Let them go. It's not against flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers, rulers and dominions. Now, they work through human, prince, uh, human personality. Someone say amen. <laughs> I realize some people, you're like, dear God, I want to choke you. I don't care if it's you or the demon, but you're going down. (laughs) But remember, if our war is in the spirit, we have to deal with it in the spirit first. I'm not saying you don't have to talk and you don't have to be a human being. But I'm telling you, if we approached marital conflict we're not going to get into it unless we've prayed we're going to pause and we're going to get in the prayer closet and invite the holy spirit i'm telling you your marriage will be transformed i'm telling you it's more than just your kid acting out doing something stupid and you doing something crazy because you're in anger We've got to get back and huddle up as a couple and say, where are the roots? Are there open doors? Do I need to repent to God and my children for giving them access to X, Y, and Z? I want to be a bloodline breaker. What does that mean? I want to grab hold of the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary and there might have been a quote generational curse but it ended with me. I'm not a victim. I'm not going to keep blaming my parents. I'm not even going to settle to give my kids better than what my parents gave me. I'm going to continue to strive and press on for the prize that's in Christ Jesus. And I'm not going to settle for anything less than wholehearted obedience to Jesus. I'm after family revival. I'm after marriage revival. Folks, I'm telling you, 
America would turn to the Lord if we would win the marriage war. America would turn to the Lord if we would win the family war. We're moaning and complaining and whining about what's on the news and you're sleeping on what's happening underneath your nose. I have met some of the most crazy, religious, zealous people in the church. And they are literally fired up about the sin of their country. And they are totally out of tune with their own sin as a husband. I know women given over to hours of intercession who know nothing of intimacy with their husband. I'm going to be careful. I know parents that are literally, they are going crazy about what's happening in their school system and they don't even know they're funding the spirit of the age by what they're giving to their kids. Folks, this is about a huddle up tonight. This is about this is about circling the wagons. This is about looking internally. Lord, I repent. For any area of my life where I have grown dim, where I have allowed the world, where I have given up, where I have bowed down to timidity. This is about parents rising up and saying no more. Remember having our four kids and you know, you're raising young kids, and we still are, but it's like you're trying to discern, like, are they a little angel, or do they know that that's wrong? Anybody ever been there? Like, is it cute that they've thrown their food off the high chair 20 times? Or is there some little Debbie in there that's openly rebelling me, telling me, I'm going to do what I want when I want? And then you got grandma, and they honestly don't help. They reinforce the angel theory. They reinforce the, the ice cream and just kind of... But here's what I know. The longer you allow flesh, liberty and an ability to do what it wants, when you finally begin to try to set in order, you are in for the fight of your life. Anybody else ever believe the lie? It's just one cheeseburger? Just one little pizza? Just one little... We in our minds, is like, I'll get to the gym, I'll eat healthier, I'll listen to my wife... And the longer you allow those patterns of behavior, those mindsets to set in, when you try to make war on the flesh, you are in for the fight of your life. Somebody talk to me. It's just one beer. It's just one girlfriend. It's just one breadcrumb. And we get hooked, hook, line, and sinker. And the point tonight that I'm trying to make is, it's never too late to take a stand.
It's never too late to say, Lord, I'm sorry tonight in April of everything I've let in my marriage, everything I've let my children do, everything I've given myself over to. Lord, tonight I repent. I break ties in the Spirit in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to do godly sorrow, which means I just feel bad about it. Lord, I need godly sorrow. Lord, I need a conviction in my spirit. Lord, I need to turn away. God, I need to do something radical because if you're really serious of getting delivered, throw the TV or the computer. Smash it in your front yard. Do something radical that makes a statement that says, I'm never going back. Some of you are looking at me funny. Our struggle's not against flesh and blood. It's not your mother-in-law. I said the Jezebel spirit works most often in your marriage and in your family and in the church. Who you're going to have to take a stand against. It's more than a person. It's a principality power. Who are you dealing with? You could be dealing with an evil spirit that's looking for a victim, that's looking for a host. I don't even know if I can get through this tonight, Paul. I'm coming back tomorrow, but we got a lot to unpack here. Verse 13, therefore take up the full armor of God that you may be able to attend church in the last days and having a full bank account to stand firm. How many of you know that taking a stand and resisting the devil is going to cost you? It's, folks, in the day that we live in, it could cost you your job. It could cost you the church you attend. I firmly believe those who love the truth in the last days, they will be the most hated. There's something about men and women of conviction and something about being men and women prepared for war that repels people who are just looking to sleep in an hour of crisis. I want you to to hear me. I'm not preaching fear. I'm preaching sobriety. I want to swing back around that. I want to touch on that again. The reason why I don't live in fear is because I'm anchored in eternity. You will perpetually live in fear and anxiety concerning increased darkness in your city and nation if you're not anchored in eternity. You have to get anchored in who you are in God and where you're going when you die so that the war that you face in front of you, you know it's already won. And whether they listen to you or they fail to listen to you, your job is just simple obedience to Jesus. The God 
gospel is not about a popularity contest. The gospel is not about win friends and influence people. The gospel is about making disciples. When you strip the gospel down and you water it down, you remove the true power and authority that comes with it. In other words, we should stop trying to make our churches a subculture for the world. We should stop trying to cater to goats and lukewarm people. We should stop lowering the standards. We should actually raise them. We should stop living in hypocrisy. We should actually start living in revival. We've got to move into what you see is what you get. The same way you see me in the church is the same way I'm at home. The same wild worshiper I am in the altar is the same wild worshiper I'm at work. And again, folks, I get it. Well, brother, that's not really appropriate in the cubicle. You've got five lunches a week and you can crank that speaker up in your car and you can go for it in the Holy Ghost. Folks, I'm trying to disarm the excuses and the laziness and the pride. I'm trying to say, wake up, Indiana. Wake up, bride. It's time to arise. Arise and shine for your light has come. Yes, gross darkness is increasing in the land. Stop being shocked by it. Stop being surprised by it. Expect it. But know that increase darkness in a nation is a prophetic sign to the church that now is the time to arise and shine we are being given the green light in America I'm telling you many of us are just focused on all the evil the evil is the green light how can they hear the gospel if it's not preached Stop whining about the darkness in that city. Oh, broad ripple, they're a bunch of drunks. Get your butt down there and preach the gospel. Well, I'm not ready to preach. Go on a prayer walk. Well, I'm not ready to pray walk. Pray at your home. There is something that you can do. Evil prevails when good men do. What are you doing? And this here doesn't count. You know, that's the deception. I'm doing something because I'm attending church. Not. Oh, we just hit something. See, the audience just checks the box because we went to church. The army just views corporate attendance as our training and equipping program for the real battle Monday to Friday. But you know how it's just like the devil's got us. We just fight in war in the church. We war against one another. We're busy. We're gossiping and slandering and acting insane in the house of God and wondering why America's burning down. Thank you, Lord. Got to take up the full armor of God. You may be able to resist. We've got to oppose. What would it look like to openly oppose evil in your home?
What would it look like to openly oppose evil in your marriage? What would it look like to openly oppose evil at your work? Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith, with which you might be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. In English. Why is that church always praying in tongues? There's no interpretation over there. But we're literally fighting over unknown tongues as people are stirring themselves up in their most holy faith. Meanwhile, we go back home and open up our computers and televisions to trash. You have more of a problem with unknown tongues than you do evil. Well, the worship is too radical there. People were sweating. Some guy was raising their hands. He might be homosexual. Us people are brainwashing their kids, making them go down front. And literally, this comes from the people who spend endless hours on entertainment. Who spend endless hours exposing their own children to the things of the world, but we're upset with an altar call for children. Well, they take up offering too much. Everything in the church could just be free. The gospel's free. Sir, did you buy your Bible? Let's just start there. Didn't have a problem buying your Bible. Didn't have a problem going to the movies. Didn't have a problem going to Longhorn Carabas. Dropping 150 bucks on, on who knows what, but can't give a dollar to the kingdom of God. I mean, do, do, you, do you, I'm just trying to help us to see like how deceived we've become. How dull, will, how double-minded we have become. And the book of James rightly says, a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. And tonight is about you and I getting off of the breathing machine, hooked up to a religious system that desires to be entertained and pampered. And this is about you and I beginning to receive the life of God in Christ Jesus. This is about you and I owning our sin owning our compromise this is about saying Lord I'm sorry that I didn't speak up when I knew I shouldn't have, should have spoken up Lord I'm sorry for aiding and embezzling the rebellion in my children Lord next week I'm about to have a come to Jesus moment in my home Lord I'm sorry for being a husband who's so addicted to my work that my wife wants to leave me Lord 
Lord, I'm sorry for buying into the American dream and I'm going to bring order and stability to my home. Come on, folks. Some of you, this is your night. This is the time we put childish ways behind us. I pray that the Indiana awakening moves beyond trying to get infants to get off the boob. And I pray that these become meetings where we can talk to an end time army who is actively in the war. I pray that men and women start showing up who are radical, who are wild, who are getting slandered on the internet, whose families are leaving them because they don't go to the drunk parties anymore. I pray that a wild, rabid, end time army who's going to turn Avon and Brownsburg and Danville and Indianapolis upside down. I pray that God raises up an army who's not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not going to apologize for my convictions. I'm going to be strengthened in my convictions. No, I'm not going to be mean. No, I'm not going to be bigoted. But how many of you know the more a society drifts from the truth, the more they hate those who speak it. No problem with radical evil. No problem with radical evil. But the moment the church starts waking up from her slumber, the religious leaders and the Pharisees who sit in church every Sunday manifest. Jesus did not die for a nice church. He did not die for a demon daycare. Somebody just caught that. I'm telling you, some people literally think that he would walk up to the American church dressed in a rainbow flag. And we don't even realize the only thing he's got is a whip. The only thing he's about to do is flip over tables we've been sitting at. Jesus began his ministry by cleansing the temple. And on his way to the cross, it's the only thing he did twice. He does it again. He begins his ministry cleansing the temple. And on his way to the cross, he cleanses it again. Lord, we're asking that you would come and cleanse our temples tonight. Lord, come flip over tables we're sitting at. Lord, all the lies that we've believed. Some of you are having, like I'm telling you, some of you, sometimes you... I hate to use this analogy, but there are times when some of you know you were drunk, you were high, and the fear of the Lord broke in, and you immediately became sober. I don't know if any of you have ever had that, but you knew God was there. I'm telling you, there's some kind of massive grace in this room 
for people that are sleeping, for people that are far away from God, that if you will repent tonight, I'm telling you that instant sobriety is going to literally just like a lightning bolt hit you right in the stomach. And I feel in this room, some of you are not going to have to spend years and years trying to get back to wherever you fell off the wagon. I feel in this end times that there's going to be such radical measures of grace extended to drunks and fornicators and the lukewarm that it's going to drive religious people crazy. You're going to have prostitutes walk into meetings and come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and for the very first time see themselves as a daughter of the living God and they're going to get filled. They're going to get delivered. They're, they're not going to do this thing we do in the church where get saved and then get rid of the demons and the trauma 40 years later. I'm telling you, there's power coming to the church where it's saved, delivered, and set free in one power package we're gonna have to walk people through a process amen it's called discipleship but i'm telling you there's there's something we've deeply limited the gospel because we've got to get home please service has to end at noon because i've got something to do says the same person who goes to the movie and holds their pee because the scene in the movie is that good i just have to hold it you can't hold nothing in church. You, you'd go to the club. You'd go to the bar. Friday, you'd go blow all your money on beer and just waste it all. And you literally manifest every time offerings taken in the church. You didn't care how late you were out doing darkness, but all of a sudden you supposedly bought into the light and you're checking your watch every five minutes. Lord, help us. Lord, convict us. Lord, convince us of our righteousness in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to be more loyal to the truth than how it makes me feel. Lord, give me friends that are wild God, I pray for some, some Radshack, Meshach, and Abednegoes. Lord, I pray for some fiery folk. Lord, I'm, I'm looking for people. Folks, I just, I love that story. I love these little guys, man. Nebuchadnezzar, it literally says his face contorts. In other words, he's manifesting a demon. He's like, okay, here's the God. You're going to bow down. And I love these little guys. They say, listen, we're not only not going to bow down, but even if God doesn't save us, I'm not bowing down either. Listen, I'm willing to take a stand at work. And oh, God, help me to keep my job. But even if I get fired, I'm still not bowing down. Yeah. Folks, there's that kind of faith. That's coming to the end time church and you're going to have Nebuchadnezzar. He cranks the heat up seven times. As if he's going to show them how powerful darkness is. Again, I don't know if you've heard the story. But Jesus is seated far above principalities, powers, rulers, and dominions. And oh, by the way, you're seated in heavenly place with him. And by the way, we might not win every battle, but he's already won the war. 
And just because I don't understand what happens in life and why Sally died of cancer and why Billy got, I, I don't know all of what happens in life, but I'm never giving up on the goodness of God. I'm never going to give the devil one inch of space in my mind that would attack the blood that was shed at Calvary. I'm going to keep pushing back. I'm going to keep stepping forward because I know as a soldier in God's kingdom, the way to victory is not back, it's forward. And I'm telling you tonight, some of you, you just can't quit. You just have to stay in the fight. Some of you are on oxygen tonight. And if you'll just get honest and you'll say, God, I'm struggling, Lord, but I'm here. I made it to the meeting. Somebody pray for me. And I'm telling you, there's the life and the light of Jesus Christ that's available here tonight. Folks, I want to raise the bar. Well, they're real crazy over there at our father's house, you know, having a couple of extra meetings a month. Listen to yourself. Think. I got to leave. I'm going to I got to leave. I got four kids. I got to leave and put my kids to bed. That's interesting. You don't do that on vacation. It's amazing. Sorry, I already took up the offering. It's amazing how religious parents get concerning the kingdom of God, but then we will make every kind of accommodation for what we want to enjoy in the flesh. It's, it's at least worth wrestling with. It's at least worth as a, as a parent putting on the altar. If you know my wife and I, we're very structured people. We believe that children behave and they operate best with structure. We get it. But we are modeling and paying a price. We want our kids to understand we prioritize revival. We are willing to sacrifice for this. This is something that we believe is important. Did I lose you? I lose him. He's coming for it all. You want revival? You want awakening? He's going to call out the child worshipers. It's like something about my generation. It's like, our parents raised us too much in church. So our generation says, we'll pass on raising them in church. My generation says, my dad told us what to do. My generation says, we'll let our kids tell us what to do. From one extreme to the other extreme to the other extreme. I want to end with a scripture tonight. James 4, 7. I'm going to go after Jezebel tomorrow. We need a whole meeting for that spirit. We're just knocking on the door tonight. James 4, 7. How many of you feel stirred in your inner man? We need friends, folks. You, you are in need of wild ones. 
you've got to stop hanging out with the religious kitty cats. Those little domesticated Christians. Their meow is not scaring the devil. Their, their meow is not bettering their marriage. My Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. We, we need some lions and some lionesses. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. I want to try to encourage you tonight. Some of you are, are feeling that like, I don't know, a Holy Ghost recruiter showed up in Avon tonight. I believe I've come in the name of the Lord. I believe God has given me an assignment here. I, I believe God has called me to, to prophesy. There's plenty of room. The barracks are empty. The churches are full. But the barracks are empty. Again, well, who's, who's the enemy? Not your mother-in-law. Not your wife. Not your husband. We're dealing with principalities and powers, rulers and dominions. So what's the first step? We're one, submit yourself to God. We just walk, walk us through this real slowly. To me, it's the gospel. What's the gospel? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow him. Lord, I hear your call. I hear the trumpet blast. 1 Corinthians 14. How can the army rally to battle if there's not a clear call? There's a clear call being released in Avon. And I'm telling you, it's in the earth. It's in the world. You know what they're doing down in Brazil? It's called the Feast of the Flesh. Here's what was featured this year. A guy dressed up like Satan pulling a guy dressed up as Jesus through the street in a chain while they're there for a massive feast of the flesh. You can't deliver people if you are in bed with them. You cannot wage war on apathy and complacency when you have surrendered areas of your lives. Now, please hear me. I'm not preaching perfection. I'm preaching Christ-likeness. David was a man after God's own heart, and you know his rap sheet. How was David a man after God's own heart? Listen to me. He's a man after God's own heart, not because of the lack of sin in his life, but because of his brokenness over his sin. You can sign up for the end time army tonight that God is enlisting in the earth and you don't have to be, quote, sinless. But if there is sin in your life, if there is compromise, if you know the Holy Spirit is knocking at your door, your entrance fee into this place is brokenness. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. 
Blessed are those who mourn. It's not talking about a funeral. It's literally in context talking about blessed are people who see their own spiritual complacency and weep over it. Can I just free you from praying over people in an altar that God is touching and doesn't need your help? I feel led to go there tonight. Folks, sometimes you're trying to intervene in a situation where God is trying to convict them of their sin. Leave them alone. They don't need whatever you think God is saying to them. Let God finish with them and then you pray. I think we need to have way more open time for people out of their own heart and their own volition to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent, allow God to speak, allow His Holy Spirit, and then we can come and cover Him. But as I travel around this nation, I see way too many holy altar calls interrupted by human compassion. And human compassion is okay. And we want to empathize. We train and equip altar workers. I, I, I get all that. But I feel led to say to some of you, even it could look different. Isn't it great as a parent when your child comes on their own and repents of something that you did not have to confront? It's like the biggest win as a parent. When that child in their prayer time before bed, Holy Spirit convicts them, you know it's genuine. Because here's the thing. As long as we're repenting because we got caught, we should always question if that repentance is legitimate. So as we move forward in the end times and God pours out his spirit and the gospel is preached, I want to encourage you, get prayed up, be ready to serve, but let the Holy Spirit do his work. Let people fully surrender to God. And folks, if, if that even seems radical, I'm really not even preaching radical. If you go back and Revival history, there's something called the mourner's bench. You had people like Jonathan Edwards, Charles Finney. Folks, many times they would preach the gospel. People would come under conviction of sin and they would literally say, there's no altar call tonight. If you're really serious about repentance, meet me tomorrow at 5 a.m. What were they doing? They were letting the Spirit of God arrest the human heart. They were allowing human beings to actually count the cost of truly serving Jesus. You know how it's just like the goal of Easter. How, everybody shut your eyes. Okay, who wants to get saved? And we post online, oh yeah, 300 saved. 300 prayed a prayer. Where we created an environment that felt like Disney World. And we feel better about ourselves because we're masking entertainment and calling it gospel. Submit to God. 
leave your agenda at the door. I don't know if you grew up in a yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, telling you one of the premier signs of this generation is a spirit of rebelliousness that literally does not want to be told what to do. The Bible calls it lawlessness. The end time army, we're not here to even fulfill our ministry. We're here to serve the ministry of Jesus Christ. We're here to be trained and equipped. So submit yourself, therefore, to God. Number two, resist the devil. Resist the devil. It does not say resist the devil and submit to God. You cannot resist the devil if you do not submit to God. One more time. It does not say do a bunch of spiritual warfare and fight some demons and then say, Lord, I surrender. In surrender, we become one with Him. And we find out who we are in Him. We understand our marching orders all of those things, and then it's in His strength and in His might that we resist the devil. This is not, oh, I got in a car with her late at night, and oh, we're pregnant. I don't know what happened, Pastor. You know how many Christians put themselves in compromising situations and blame the devil? Submit yourself to God. I want to be married. I want to find the right one. Submit yourself to God. I think I found her. Let's have a conversation, Sally, about how we're going to submit the members of our bodies as slaves of righteousness. Let's come into agreement on that and then let's resist the devil together. But I'm telling you, the devil has a heyday in our lives because we do not submit to the Lordship of Christ. We do not give over our desires and our wants to Him. And I feel like there is such a fresh, a fresh grace in the house tonight to full surrender. Maybe, maybe in a deeper way than you've ever known. Some of us, I'm hearing in the Spirit, some of us, you might feel compelled to make some kind of promise. Some of you might feel compelled to say, you know what, for the next six months, I'm not dating anyone. I'm giving it to God. You know what, for the next six months, some of you might say, for the next six months, I'm going to increase my financial giving tenfold. One person. Because sometimes we think submission to God is just restraint. Sometimes submission to God is giving out. Oh. Lord, I'll abstain, I'll abstain, I'll abstain. That's great in abstaining. But if the key to real breakthrough in your life is you giving God something, it's got to go. People ask me, like, how, how, do you, like, how do you stay on fire? Anything that hinders my fire, I get rid of it. 
Give me something practical. Folks, the moment my bank account hits a number where I'm comfortable, I get rid of it. Man, I don't know if I'm in the right room. I just hate going back to this. All of the money that the world spends and consumes on stuff that's just going to burn in the fire. And religion has got such a hold of people in the church where we are not generous. It's like holidays, just they, they break my heart. Well, we're, we're going to have a, a, a homeless shelter drive or we're going we're gonna to take care of people in need. Welcome to America. Let, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to gather up stuff that we don't wear, that we don't like, that's been sitting. We're going to give people stuff we won't even wear and then consider ourselves generous. We're going to give them canned food that we don't even know has an expiration date while we eat steak for Christmas dinner. Oh, my. Oh, my. Brother, do you believe in tithing? Not really. I don't, I, do, I don't see tithing in the New Testament. I don't see tithing in the book of Acts. I see it all. I, I see people living in community and revival together, and there's no needs among them. I guarantee you no needs among them cost them more than 10%. But it was an issue of the heart. It was people that had been so radicalized by the gospel and the Holy Ghost that it wasn't I have to, it was I get to. There was a joy. There was a deliverance. There was a submission to God, a resisting of the devil, and there was a fleeing from evil. I don't know what God's touching tonight. It could be anything. Parenting, marriage, finance. But He loves us too much to leave us the way that He found us. Amen. Prophetic ministry, it, it comes to the body. And I'll, I'll start on this in the morning. But I'll just say this. Prophetic ministry, the gift of it, is it comes to the body and it helps us to hear God and obey. What benefit does authentic prophetic ministry have to a body of believers? It calls us back to the plumb line. It calls us back to our first love. And we have an opportunity to either shoot the messenger or receive the message. God is coming in this hour to Indiana 
and the nations of the earth, the prophets are crying out, return to your first love. Remember from where you've fallen. Let God restore the joy of your salvation, folks. I think there's some radical things that can happen tonight as we close. I think some of us could sit here and just self-examine and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I am repent, I enlist. I'm going to submit myself to you. I'm going to resist the devil and he'll flee. But others of us tonight, I, I feel in my heart, you should not leave this place without writing down or telling someone for the sake of accountability what God is asking you to do. Again, help, help me practically. This literally could be a husband under the conviction of the Holy Spirit who's made his work his God and he's neglected his wife and kids. And tonight is about him repenting to his wife and saying, I'm going to make this right. I'm going to one, two, three, say it. Don't walk out of here and do the American, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, and I'll just pick up where we left off next Sunday. I'm telling you, some of you literally out of your mouth, you need to confess. When we begin to pray, you need to ask the Lord to give you some kind of confession. And you need to tell someone for the sake of accountability, I'm going to do this. Some of you, I sense by the Spirit of God, you need to write a big check. You need to get delivered of the spirit of mammon. I don't need your money, by the way. God has blessed my wife and praised the Lord. You need to write a big check for you to get delivered from the spirit of the age and say, Lord, I'm willingly putting myself in a position of trust and dependence upon you, knowing that every seed that I sow marks eternity and my literal life is in your hands. Some of you, I don't, I, I don't know if it's in the parking lot. I see people pulling off on the side of, of 36. I don't know if they changed these roads since I grew up here. And just literally like pulling off on the side of 36 saying kids honey I can't even get home until we make this right like we're done I'm turning myself in I'm submitting to God I'm not running any longer Lord I'm sorry I've been running from you and I'm supposed to be running from the devil I've been submitting to the devil and I'm supposed to be submitting to God Lord I hear you and I'm going to obey you tonight Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here tonight. You're the spirit of truth. You're the comforter. bring conviction of sin you convince us of righteousness whatever it looks like to you in this room just begin to submit yourself to God Lord I put my marriage on the altar I put my kids on the altar 
my house, my car, savings, checking, 401, whatever. Give you the five-year plan, the call.
some of you, you need to kneel where you're at. Others of you feeling compelled to come down to the altar. I've asked Taylor to sing this song over us, but this is an anthem of the end time army. It's called All Is For His Glory. 